Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. I'm your host, Derek Sassman. Of course, I got the Disney dentist with me, Dr. Doug. And Doug, I hear you just got back from vacation. We did. It was a a great time. It was a non-Disney vacation. How can you take a non-Disney vacation? You know, it does happen time to time. Every summer, we try to take the kids somewhere that's not Disney. We get accused of only going to Disney, but that's not true. We do do other things. Last year, we hit Mount Rushmore in that area. This year, we loaded up the car and drove 14 hours out to Salt Lake City and then up to Yellowstone. Um, So we explored Yellowstone National Park for a few days. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of history with Disney and Yellowstone. Did you see any of that while you were out there? Absolutely. There's a lot of ways that Disney and Yellowstone kind of intermingle. And Yellowstone is an amazing place all on its own. It's uh, gigantic, first of all. It takes you a couple hours to even drive across the park. And uh, we rope dropped um, Old Faithful. I saw that on Facebook, yep. Yeah, so even the, the Disney theories of attacking the popular things. So we hit Old Faithful, and then we worked our way to the less popular venues. Um, but uh, so even though it wasn't Disney, we still have the same mindset. Plus, at Old Faithful, there's the Old Faithful Inn, which is really old. I don't remember the year it was bu- uh, built, but it is what Wilderness Lodge is modeled after. When you go inside of it, it's like being in a smaller, older version of Wilderness Lodge. It's really, really fascinating. The fireplace placement, everything around it, the the details that the Imagineers took from the Old Faithful Inn to add to Wilderness Lodge is pretty outstanding. And there's another big Disney tie at Yellowstone at Walt Disney World, and that is Artist Point, which is a restaurant inside Wilderness Lodge, but it's actually an overlook over the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. My kids have started saying, the Grand Canyon, we saw the Grand Canyon, and then they whisper of Yellowstone really quietly just to be humorous. But So Artist Point is a lookout point out over on the lower falls of the Yellowstone River in the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone, and it's a really probably the most amazing view I have seen in my life. And so that is the name of a restaurant. So the Imagineers don't just come up with stuff out of thin air. They they gather it from all the different places around the world. Well, that's an amazing experience. I know the Yellowstone has been on my bucket list for many years. Hopefully I can get out there sometime. But this is a great, your story is a great segue into today's topic. Because a question I know you and I and Michelle always get is, do you want to take a non-Disney day when you're down in the uh, Walt Disney World? And I know for us, we love being in that Disney bubble, but sometimes it's good to get out of the bubble and experience some of the uh, finer things that the Orlando and Kiss Me area have to offer. So what are your thoughts on a non-Disney day? 
Well, there's a lot of ways to do a non-Disney day, a lot of reasons to do a non-Disney day, and a lot of things to do on a non-Disney day. Personally, for our family, we don't do a non-Disney day very often. We love the theme parks, so you pretty much have to drag us out of there. But sometimes, um, say you have a free dining offer booked, and you're flying in the day before the free dining offer and you, you don't have a park ticket for that first day, it's a great time to do a non-Disney day. But there's a lot of logistics that go into doing your non-Disney day and why you should do it. Yeah, now us, we, we love being in the Disney bubble, but we also always schedule a non-Disney day. Usually we prefer doing it in the middle of the week, kind of get a break from everything and uh, we'll visit another theme park, and we'll talk about some of the things that we like to do. But yeah, my wife and I always try to do a non-Disney day, just a nice little break uh, from the craziness that the parks have to offer. But what are, I know, what are some of your favorite uh, non-Disney activities? What do you like to recommend? And maybe what is the, the best day of the week that you think? I said in the middle of the week. What do you think? Beginning, middle, end, or does it depend on what you want to do? i say it depends on what you want to do and a lot of the logistics. Um, if you're flying into MCO and you're planning on taking Magical Express, um, you really can't do your non-Disney day right at the beginning uh, because you're going to be hopping on a bus and going straight to Walt Disney World. And then same thing at the end, you're going to hop on a bus and go back to the airport. So to do a non-Disney day at the beginning of the end, it would either require you to rent a car or to use some sort of car service like Happy Limo. Um, one thing that a lot of people like to do is book in their trips with their non-Disney thing, um, whether it's the beach or Universal or one of the other things offered in the Orlando area. But Universal is kind of a unique one because uh, if you stay on property at Universal, you get the Express Pass. The Express Pass is a lot like a Fast Pass. However, you have to pay for it beauty of a fast pass at Disney World is it's free. Everybody gets it. Everybody has the same priorities to it. Uh, where at Universal, it costs money, and depending on how busy the park is, the price changes. So whether you're, if you're going a slow time of year, the Express Pass is not that expensive because it's not quite as valuable. But if you're going Christmas week, it can cost almost as much as your admission to the park, if not more. So one thing to do is maybe stay two nights at Universal right when you get into Orlando or at the end um, before you leave town and then you have that Express Pass from staying at the resort. Yep, we've actually bought the Express Pass while we're there uh, one of the times that we went to Universal just so that we can ensure that we got everything done. But Universal has been kind of a, especially that theme park is growing. Uh, even as we talk about this episode, their big, latest big attraction just is open up to rave reviews, which is uh, Kong Skull Island. And looking forward to visiting that attraction when we go down there. I know this last trip about six months ago, uh, my wife and I took a, a break in the middle of the week and did the Harry Potter worlds, did both of them. And I know you guys did that too uh, here in this last year, but uh, just you know, one of the big things for us, my wife being a huge Harry Potter fan, is yeah, we love that Disney bubble, but we also want to experience uh, some of the more grown-up activities that Universal caters to a little bit more. So uh, your non-Disney day at Universal makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and Universal has those grown-up rides. And, you know, if you're staying the whole week at Disney and you put it in the middle, 
One thing you have to think about if you're on the dining plan is what you're going to do with your dining credits, how you're going to use them all, because you might be eating lunch at Universal. You may not have dinner over there. You may get back to your resort, have dinner somewhere there to use your table service credit or a quick uh, service credit. But that's one thing you have to think about. Um, if you're doing Universal in the middle of your trip, I recommend uh, like a car service. Yep. Um, a cab would be expensive, and a car service you can time when you want them to pick you up. Um, you give them a kind of a window of time where you're ready to go back, and you call them and let them know that you're done at Universal, and they whisk you back to Disney World. So, a rental car would be an expensive venture for Universal um, because you'd have to pay for parking over there, and so that would just kind of add up. Um, for some other things, like say the beach, a rental car makes a lot of sense. And it's very easy to rent a car from the car care center or at the Swan and Dolphin. There's uh, another rental car location there. And there's a free shuttle. Uh, we'll pick you up at your resort, take you to the car care center. You get your car, head on over to the beach, and then head on back. The free shuttle will take you back to your resort. Yeah, now the beach is a great one because it's only 45 minutes away to an hour. Uh, we've done that as well. Uh, and I know a lot of people, especially the people that we cater to here in the Midwest, they've never even seen the beach. So I always recommend if you have not seen the ocean, uh, take a non-Disney day somewhere in your trip, make the trek out there, and, and just experience experience that for sure. And it's only 45 minutes away. So that's always a great non-Disney uh, travel tip to do, especially get out of the bubble. I, I know I love it, going relaxing on the beach for a little bit. Um, have you got, you've gone a couple times. I know we, that we, uh, we've never taken the kids from Disney world to the beach, say Cocoa beach or the, that's on the Atlantic side. And then you have, if you go through Tampa, you can get to Clearwater beach, which is your crystal clear water, your pretty white sand on the Gulf coast side. It's the prettier beach, but it's further away. Cocoa is the 45 to an hour drive, depending on traffic. We've never taken the kids. Um, they've seen the ocean on our cruises, and after you go to Castaway, it's really tough to go to a beach in well, Florida. I'll, I'll let you know honest. how that is here in a few you, months when I get to go on our know. first uh, on the Disney Dream. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. There's a lot of beaches to choose from, too, and that's a, a big debate. People uh, will argue about which beach is best. Uh, when I was little, we always went up to Daytona. Um, not really sure why. It's quite a, it's quite a bit further. But you get to drive right out on the beach and park on the sand. And when I was a kid, I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And if I bring it up now, my mom just starts grumbling about all the sand that was in the car. So as a parent, I don't know that it's the best idea. Oh, no. With two toddlers at the beach, we've done it. And there is sand in places you couldn't even imagine. So uh, definitely they take long baths afterwards. And you have to remember, the drive back, kids covered in sand, they will whine. So... Uh, yep, definitely got to think about that one. Speaking of the beach, that reminds me of another theme park a lot of people like to visit uh, on their non-Disney day that we probably should mention is, of course, SeaWorld. Being yeah. right there, 20 minutes away from, um, for, and a lot of great shuttle services to get to SeaWorld as well. Yeah, and SeaWorld, if you're staying like Port Orleans Riverside, you're really close to SeaWorld, actually. It's not far. Um, from that area. The Disney Springs area is not too far from SeaWorld. And there's a lot of coasters. They just opened a new one um, that looks like some. I almost vomited just looking at it. So um, that's why I can't remember the name of it. But they have some really neat coasters. If you like coasters, 
Um, and of course, there's all the animals, the aquatic life to look at in the shows. It's a, a full day of shows and rides. Um, is it Disney? No. But is it entertaining? And uh, a lot of people love it. Some people don't. It's not for everybody, but uh, definitely something a lot of people do, and it's not far away either. No, I, and I agree. It's, it's one of those things um, that, you know, we do. I've done SeaWorld twice, and it's, uh, you know, do it once every 10 years on an off-Disney day for sure. Uh, they do have a roller coaster I like. I don't know if it's the one you're talking about, but the Manta, where you're kind of laying down on your stomach uh, like you're a manta ray. That one's pretty cool. That. That one also looks frightening, um, but there's a new one like Mako. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. There is. Um, yeah, it's a shark theme one. It it looks evil. I'm just gonna be honest. Well, now roller coaster people love it though. I that sounds good. That sold me into into going back, uh, definitely. But uh, and and then they also have another park uh, that I've yet to go to. I believe you have, but it's Discovery Co. Oh, you haven't been. No, yet, haven't but, uh, haven't been yet. It's no. on our list. This one's on our list. We don't have a very long list of non-Disney Day items. Um, Discovery Cove, um, it's an all-inclusive type atmosphere. They limit how many tickets they sell into the park a day. You get all your food, um, beverages, alcohol included. Um, you get wetsuits. You swim with dolphins. You play with dolphins. You learn about birds. You train birds. You do all kinds of stuff. Um, very, very personalized because uh, they break you down into little groups. And something that some of the excursions on the cruise line where you're just swimming with the dolphin for a couple hours is about the same price as entry into Discovery Cove where you get the whole day, you get what I've heard is really good food and alcohol and other beverages included. So Discovery Cove, if you're somebody that you're going to go on a cruise and say you have a day before the cruise and you're not sure what you want to do on your excursions. You have a couple of people that really want to swim with dolphins, but you don't want to commit that kind of time to an excursion on the cruise ship. Discovery Cove is actually a great option. Um, and a lot of times you're doing a non-Disney day because you're trying to make one person happy, right? There's somebody that's like, you got that 13-year-old kid that's like, I don't want to go to Disney World with a bunch of babies. So you got to find something for them and a lot of times that's universal or the beach but discovery cove i think is the option a lot of people don't realize even exists and it looks pretty amazing it's definitely on our to-do list soon and another thing if you like animals and attractions is going down the road to bush gardens which i know i've gotten to go to a couple times a lot of fun and definitely will please uh, both the teenagers and some of the younger ones too uh, if you want to get away from the Disney bubble experience a lot more ride interactions kind of like a, a more exciting thrill ride Animal Kingdom yeah the animal exhibits are actually really good and really well done a lot of people underestimate that but their coasters are intense and they have more than just ones where Animal Kingdom it's like one intense coaster, right? This one, this park has multiple coasters, um, lots of different levels of coasters too, and you still get the the animals mixed in there. I know Cheetah Run looks really cool. I think that's one that I might be able to do. 
So I, I look forward to trying that someday. We're gonna have to do a uh, we're gonna have to do a coaster trip with you. That would be a just we'll get a GoPro on you. We'll live stream it for all of our for all nobody of our audience members. And, no, ah, no, it'll be great. No, it'll nobody, go viral. Nobody wants to see me on a coaster. Um, the you know Primeval World. Since we were mentioning Animal Kingdom, that thing, I we went on that on our honeymoon back in two thousand two. Didn't really realize what I was getting on to because we I'd never been to the park yet and oh that was that was a deal breaker. Oh man, okay, I'm excited to do it. Do a coaster trip with Doug in the future, so all of our listeners <laughs> uh, just know that that's coming. Who knows when? If we ever get to do that, uh, uh, Shanghai or uh, Disneyland, we'll do some of the rides out there on our guys trip out there. But uh, another one, you talk about uh, you know. You gotta. Everyone in the family's gotta have a day if they have a non-Disney day. Another one that I get is shopping. There's a couple great malls not far from the parks, and if you just want to have that day to get away and shop, and uh, it's definitely you just hop on a cab and or a happy limo, and you can get there and just spend the day shopping. Yeah, and Uber. It would be the uh, other one. The there's some outlet malls not far from Disney property. A lot of people hit up the outlet malls, uh, especially international travelers. I think part of what has inspired the Disney Springs expansion has been people leaving property to go shopping, just simply shopping. So that's why you're seeing a lot of these national brands come into Disney Springs. And so they can keep you in the bubble and not let you escape and let your dollars go with you. So the outlets are right there. There's also the Florida Mall. There's an M&M World there. We've been there before. Um, there's a very large Disney store. So even though you're leaving Disney, you could still possibly find something on sale. There's also a, a character warehouse is an outlet for Disney products. Um, you can find like the T-shirts that did not sell in Disney World very well at a much reduced price at the uh, outlet store. So that's something that a lot of people will go to. And sometimes if you don't know where it's at, just ask the cast members at your resort. They'll be able to tell you. You can set up your Uber or get a cab um, to go to that. And it could save you a whole lot of money on your Disney souvenirs. Yep, we've we've done that. We've gone to a couple of big box stores in the Orlando area and bought all of our souvenirs there and because they just sell them at such a discounted rate and, and that's a good uh, good plug to just get on an uber get on a cab and just uh, get out to a couple of those outlets and um, it's a whole different out there so you never know what you might find if they're trying to move some product quite quickly I know Disney likes to keep all the new movies new products in there and then all of a sudden they vanish after the movies no longer uh, being pushed on DVD, so yeah, you might be able to find some good stuff. Heck, by now I bet Frozen's finally making its way to the outlet since it's been a couple years. People are starting to let it go, so to speak. So there you go. Next time you're down there, you'll have to let me know if you see a bunch of Frozen uh-huh. stuff on sale. I I don't know if my eyes will notice it. It just blurs. Your into kids the will. It's, it's burned into my retinas too much. I won't won't notice Anna and Elsa. They're they're everywhere. So, but it's it's good. And then uh, another thing I want to mention on your off Disney day, you're starting to see a lot of more dinner shows popping up. I know there's a a pirate one that's uh, got good reviews and uh, a medieval one, but a lot of these family friendly dinner shows. 
Mm-hmm. We, uh, I did a high school band trip my senior year of band. We marched around the World Showcase in Epcot in 95 degrees and I think a thousand percent humidity in wool band uniforms. So that's a, a memory of sweat and misery. But uh, one night we went to the Medieval Times. That's the only time I've been to Medieval Times, and it was pretty entertaining. Um, it was it was a lot of fun for a group of high schoolers to go to. So if you're there with like say a cheer group or somebody like a group like that, Medieval Times or the Pirate Show, I think that's a great option. And you know all these things we've talked about so far, it doesn't have to be your whole day. You could still have a park ticket that day because once you get past day four and five, those park tickets become very cheap to add the next one, right? So you could still rope drop, go until about noon, and then you go to the car care center, rent that car, head to the beach, spend an hour or two at the beach, and then head back into Get, get time for fireworks. Yeah, you could there even you do that. Um, you'd be exhausted. Absolutely. I would be. But, uh, you know, it's not a whole day. Universal is definitely a whole day, if not two. Some people can do two full days there. But the beach, I mean, rope drop, you know, leave leave the park at 1030, 11 o'clock. Think how many um, e-ticket type attractions you can get in. And you still get to the beach, make that one person that's demanding to see the ocean um, happy. And you still get some park time in the mix. Absolutely. And we're going to go in-depth, uh, I know, at least for Universal because I know you said it's a two-day. My wife and I somehow managed to sprint through that park. We rope dropped it. We we're uh, in getting the park hopper, doing the uh, the Hogwarts Express. So we'll talk more about Universal in a future mm-hmm. episode. But you you definitely can if you're willing to really push yourself. You can do both those parks in one day for your off Disney day. But just know you will be tired the next day. Yeah, we we did it one day. We had the two park pass. I, forget what exactly they call it but um you know there's a lot of things that our kids couldn't do because they weren't tall enough there are several things that our kids wouldn't do because they're chickens um even though they were tall enough you know the big difference is you look up and you can see the whole roller coaster right and they can't see rock and roller coaster go upside down it's inside so Mm -hmm. that's one of the big differences um but we had a blast at universal for our day i don't think we'll do it for a little while though I think we'll wait for the kids to be much older and be asking to go back. All right. Well, that is quite a few things on non-Disney Day events. I know uh, sometimes you just got to do it. You got to get out of the bubble. Is there anything else that you like to recommend or uh, maybe Michelle likes to tell her clients uh, that they get to, you know, for a non-Disney Day? I think that one big key is, you know, plan it ahead of time. You can't just wing it because you got to have transportation lined up. Um, now, if you have your own car there, it's not a big deal, but you don't want to just kind of take it a chance. The other big thing that we, we forgot about was Legoland. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, especially Disneyland people or people that have visited Southern California before, they think Disneyland's something they, oh, that's exciting, they need to do it. Um, it's quite a ways away from Disney World or Universal. You know, It's pretty spread out. Uh, it's a good 40 minutes from Disney World. It's in the old Cypress Gardens location, which is somewhere I went when I was little. Um, got to see Cypress Gardens. Um, you know, the the theming of the rides is not quite Disney. Um, but uh, if you have the right kids that love Legos, and they're just, I mean, if they'll be in shock and awe by seeing all the Lego buildings and structures and characters put together, 
then it is worth it. But it is a little ways out of the way. They do have a resort, so you could put it at the beginning or the end of your trip. Um, but that I said 40 or so minutes from Disney World, um, that's be after the airport's even further. So you're 20 minutes from the airport to get to Disney World. So Legoland's, it's out there a ways. But uh, some people love it. Other people have said it's a little too uh, little kiddish for the ages they've taken. Um, so I'm not exactly sure who their target audience is. But I don't know if it's a 37-year-old man. Well, if you ever get the chance to try it out, let do it, I guess. Um, and, and let us know what you think. Uh, for any of our listeners who have gone to Legoland, absolutely let us know. I haven't. Uh, I've looked into it, and it's just, you know, I always choose one of the other parks or the beach uh, that go on the list. Because like you, I, if we do a non-Disney day, it's one day. And like most of our listeners, they only try, you know, one day out of the parks to do something else, something unique to the area. So maybe if you're there for a two-week vacation, spend yeah. a day. Because, yeah, we didn't mention a few other, the little parks that are there as well. and. I know I see advertisements for putt-putt courses and zip lines and bungee jumping. So uh, there's all sorts of fun, unique little things all over the Orlando and Kissimmee uh, area that you can just kind of stumble upon even. You know, you can even take in some history. There's some state parks in the area. Um, there's some pretty old forts and settlements. I can't remember all the name, but you can go see nature. You can go see some history for people that want to do that. Um, Jacksonville's not too far away. Uh, neither is Tampa and St. Petersburg. There's a lot of things in the area if you're willing to drive an hour to two hours. And uh, you can see a lot of different stuff. The Everglades, um, about three hours away. If you want to head all the way down to the Everglades, go to another national park. We started out the show talking about a national park. Why not to bring it back in? But the Everglades are there. Um, go check out Swamp. It sounds sounds riveting. Can't can't yeah. can't wait to do that one on my next trip. But uh-huh. uh, I sell uh, that really good. Didn't you I? did. I, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I'm booking my flight. Uh, they're they're actually speaking of flights. There have been a lot of deals starting to slowly pop up here for the fall. So make sure you uh, keep all your your flight info and and just be checking for if you're thinking about a Disney trip uh, this fall because all the prices are kind of churning out and the deals are starting to happen so uh if you're if you're ready to jump on a trip uh we actually highly recommend using the wonderful michelle mcknight and uh feel free to facebook us email us and we'll put you in touch with her absolutely i think most of our non-disney days have happened because of an airline sale uh, to where we've adjusted our travel dates because of airfare yeah, there. Yeah, you you somehow got an extra day in there. You weren't planning. Uh, we actually got we had the same thing on our honeymoon. We ended up getting an extra Disney day out of it though. So we mm, we stayed in better. the bubble for an extra day. Nice, um, very nice, awesome. Well, we want to reach out to all of you guys. We're gonna put on our Twitter and Facebook. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do? on your non-Disney day. So things that we may have covered, things we may have missed, just let us know what you like to do when you're outside the Disney bubble. So Doug, let me ask you, what is your favorite, all-time favorite thing uh, outside the Disney bubble that you've done? I'm probably not allowed to say a Disney cruise, am I? No, that because that's no. still within oh, the bubble. It's still, it's just not the still in the bubble. Oh, okay. Um, 
you know, I really I've enjoyed our last trip to Universal. I think I'm going to go with Universal because there's so much to do. We're not people that like to sit and relax. So the beach, I'm going to be honest, there's sand at the beach and it gets in everything. And uh, so I'm going to go with Universal was probably the uh, favorite one that I've done. Looking forward to Discovery Cove, though. What about you, Derek? Well, I was going to say Universal because I, I, I do make a trip out there almost every time. But even the, the, few, the one time we didn't even do Universal, there's one thing that I've done on every single Disney trip on my Disney day off. Uh, is we go eat at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville in the City Walk. It has been every trip that I've done down there, even when we don't even go to Universal Studios on, on our honeymoon, we actually took probably one of the most expensive cab rides ever just to go eat at that restaurant, just to take the cab back, and it was a wonderful experience. It's still, We still say it's one of our, our most favorite nights, but yeah, that's a restaurant that nice. I absolutely love and, and will always do that i will always get out of the disney bubble just to go there that's a good that's a good choice we ate there on our uh, universal day for dinner so excellent choice absolutely nothing wrong with little jimmy buffett and uh, nope. if, you, if you want if you want out of the uh, disney bubble jimmy buffett will help you do that for sure so those are ours we want to hear yours so please let us know on facebook and twitter and if you have any questions uh, email us, let us know, and then also subscribe to our podcast. Keep listening to previous episodes. Uh, share with your friends. Tell us what you're thinking, and we're going to be doing another listener question and answer here in a couple weeks, so feel free to keep sending us your questions. And again, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Rope Drop Radio. For Doug McKnight, I'm Derek Sassman. Thank you for listening to Rope Drop Radio. <laughs>